I'm Tavis Smiley, and I am pleased to have you uh, hanging out with us today. What an amazing conversation in that last hour with the oldest living survivor of the Tulsa Race Massacre, Viola Ford Fletcher. What an honor to have her grace these studios. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Once again, if you missed any part of it, the podcast of that conversation goes up later today. Uh, and tomorrow, um, you can uh, go to our YouTube channel and actually watch that conversation. We'll post that tomorrow and uh, give you another opportunity this Friday on the best of Tavish Miley. We will reprise that conversation. I can guarantee you that. That'll be one of our three hours this Friday. So uh, you'll get a number of opportunities to to hear that conversation in uh, in full if you missed any part of that dialogue last hour. It's going to be a great hour uh, today um, to close our program in this third and final hour. Two conversations on the backside of this hour, a conversation with Jamal Mayfield about his debut book, Smoke Kings. There's all kind of buzz uh, on this novel. Uh, he is uh, being referred to as a fresh and fierce new voice to crime fiction. It's a powerful and provulsive novel with an unforgettable cast of characters, and it really delves into this question. The novel is built around this. What would happen if reparations for African Americans were finally charged and exacted by force? That's the subject of the novel. It's called Smoke Kings. The author is Jamal Mayfield. He will join us on the B-side of this hour. As honored as I was to talk to Viola Ford Fletcher, I'm just as honored to talk to this guest right now. Um, she is the mother of Amadou Diallo, Kariatu Diallo. Sadly, we uh, routinely these days uh, talk about police killings of unarmed black men and women for that matter. But do you remember the killing of the 23-year-old student Amadou Diallo years before Black Lives Matter came to be. Fired upon with 41 rounds and shot 19 times by four NYPD plainclothes officers who later claimed to have mistaken him for a rape suspect from one year earlier. That was their, that was their story. The cops were charged with second-degree murder, later acquitted, which prompted outrage all across this country. I remember it well. And the issues of police brutality, racial profiling, and contagious shooting were finally put front and center um, so that his death would not be in vain. I am pleased to welcome the mother of Amadou Diallo uh, 25 years after the murder of her son. In fact, yesterday marked the 25th anniversary of her losing her son, Amadou Diallo, uh, and I'm pleased to have uh, Kadiatu Diallo on this program. Ms. Diallo, how are you today? How are you, Tavis? I am doing well. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. Um, thank you for asking. I am doing remarkably well. Uh, but my, my thoughts and prayers are with you. I was praying for you and your family yesterday on the 25th anniversary. How are you, how are you holding up 25 years later? Tavis, 25 years later is a quarter of a century. Uh, my life changed on February 4th, 1999, um, and has never been the same ever since. Mm -hmm. As you well uh, stated in the beginning, how Amadou was caught um, in that vestibule, was fired at 41 rounds and 19 bullets piercing his body. Mm -hmm. um, and that moment in time um, was echoed around the world. And uh, I reflected and decided that these 25 years, we have to go back to Willow Avenue mm. with community leaders, young and old, um, those who protested with us, marched with us, Reverend Dautry, Imam Talib, 
the elected officials and mm. mothers, mothers, mother of Eric Garner, mother of Sean Bell, mother of Anthony Baez, we all mobilize and uh, pray there spiritually and walk to my son's former apartment building where he used to live, 1157 Willow Avenue. Mm. It is a very difficult history and painful history, but we must learn from this history and we must do everything we can mm. to stop this from occurring on and on again. When we come forward, I want to talk about 1157 Wheeler Avenue uh, and what it was like for you to go back to that apartment uh, on Wheeler Avenue where your son uh, once lived. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what it is that we can, in fact, learn from history. Of course, I want to talk about the work of your foundation. Uh, a great deal to talk about. Um, these anniversaries are uh, can be uh, sad in a lot of ways. Uh, you heard her say a moment ago, her life changed forever uh, in February of 1999. I can only imagine, um, I can't imagine what it's like for a mother to lose her child. It's not supposed to be that way. Um, but um, 25 years later, she's still standing strong. Uh, you hear the fight back uh, and you hear her talking about how we can learn from this and do better into the future. I am honored to have the mother of Amadou Diallo 25 years after his murder at the hands of NYPD officers Kariatu Diallo on Tavis Smiling. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Tavis Smiling continues when we come forward. 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 Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. 25 years ago yesterday, four NYPD officers in plain clothes snuffed out the life of a young black 23-year-old student named uh, Amadou Diallo. Uh, I remember it well. Um, I was in the, the media already. I've been at this for 30-plus 30, 30 years now. Started when I was 10. <laughs> been at it for a while. And I remember uh, well when this happened, and there were a lot of conversations that we were having on radio and television and in the streets all across this country when they uh, pumped 41 rounds and 19 bullets, uh, bullets that is, 19 bullets into the body of um, Amadou Diallo. I am honored uh, to once again, I've had uh, this opportunity a couple of times in my career, but honored once again to be in dialogue with his mother, Kariatu Diallo, uh, 25 years after the murder of her son. You said a few things earlier, Ms. Diallo, that I want to come back to. Number one, um, what was it like for you? Uh, on this anniversary, uh, this sad anniversary, to go back to 1157 Wheeler Avenue? As I said, it was uh, um, deep and difficult for me, but important because it was at the eve of the uh, Harmony, Stop, Harmony Stop Act that was voted by the city council. We families as uh, organization families uh, supported. Mm -hmm. And it was the anniversary of uh, the stop and frisk 15 years. We did uh, a panel of discussion at NYU and the anniversary of George Floyd versus the city. So all these forums were organized around this anniversary of the 25th year. It's important to state that this was not just a past history still happening. Mm -hmm. So even though it's difficult for me, but I have the courage to continue to work with community uh, families who are, were impacted so that we can put this issue front and center because we cannot afford to continue to lose innocent people through 
law enforcement. Mm -hmm. That's not possible. We are tired of this. It's been too long. And then the other reason was also to confront my own emotions, Mm -hmm. to be able to go to Willow Avenue and walk down the street where I imagine my son perhaps came from work that, that, that night and take the subway and walk on that road to go to that, that, uh, the, the 1157 Willow Avenue where he lived and died. Mm. I remember collapsing when I got to his place when he was killed. So on Saturday, I went the, the, the night before the anniversary yesterday. I went with my family and friends, and as I said, all uh, people, elected officials, and people rallied around us. We went to visit, revisit that site. We went to revisit that site to make New Yorkers and the world remember. This history cannot just be brushed aside. It is concerning. It is... uh, it is. Uh, I remember you. We did the the town hall meeting with BET. Yes. I know Reverend Shapton organized, mobilized people, and there was demonstration over thousands of, of people being arrested to protest police brutality. Mm-hmm. Since then and now, how many more victims did we have? Mm-hmm. We cannot even begin to count. That's right. Mm-hmm. So right. my journey is just to um, continue to push back and help with the cause, but also to set up a legacy for my son, Amadou, mm-hmm. a young student who came to this country with a dream. He wanted to go to college. He has saved enough money to enroll, and he was, his dream was cut short. Through the Amadou Jallo Foundation, we work to uh, honor his memory and also uh, have his lasting legacy for Amadou Young people are benefiting from the scholarship program, and we are organizing forums. We have on board even former uh, retired NYPD officers who is African-American. We are doing our part. Each one of us, we are stakeholders in this cause. We are stakeholders. Each one of us can do something. No, you're right about that. I want to talk more about the foundation in a second here, because um, you are doing some. You're doing some great work. Um, as you were telling the story about going back to 1157 Wheeler Avenue, where your son lived and died you know, 25 years ago yesterday, I thought about Christine King Ferris. Um, most of you know that just a few days ago, um, we lost Dexter Scott King, the youngest son of Martin and Coretta Scott King. Uh, mm-hmm. died of prostate cancer. And I should also mention, I, I tweeted this out, but I should also mention uh, condolences to Joe Madison. Joe Madison is one of the greats uh, in, yes. in talk radio. Uh, known Joe for years. We've both been at this uh, for years in our respective spaces. He was on Sirius XM. Uh, but I've known Joe for, for decades now, and I was just saddened the other day when the news was announced that Joe, Mad- Joe Madison had passed away from prostate cancer. Another conversation for another time, but in the last couple of weeks, we've lost two high-profile black men, Dexter Scott King and Joe Madison, both to prostate cancer. So you know I'm coming back to that in the few days, in the days ahead, rather. We're going to come back and talk about prostate cancer and black men once again because we're losing too many black men to prostate cancer. But I, but my, my point is, I mentioned Dexter because his aunt, Christine King Ferris, was uh, Dr. King's sister, of course. Uh, and she was the last living member of that immediate family, Dr. King, 
Uh, his brother A.D., his mother and father all passed away. She lived the longest of the immediate uh, King family. And I remember, you know, having any number of conversations with Miss Ferris over the years. And after Martin was murdered in Memphis, she refused to ever go back to Memphis. She just couldn't do it. She just refused many, many times. She was invited to Memphis to speak and to appear. And for all those years and all those commemorations, she never ever wanted to go back to Memphis. She didn't want to go to the Lorraine Motel where he was murdered. She just refused to go to Memphis. And so I say that because I, I, I celebrate your courage, uh, Ms. Diallo. I celebrate your courage in going back to Wheeler Avenue uh, 25 years later because some people uh, just couldn't do it, and I make no judgment. I understand why Miss mm -hmm. Ferris didn't want to go back. It, it, had, it could not have been easy to travel to a place and to a city where they murdered your brother uh, and so she chose not to, but your courage just jumps out at me. I feel your energy uh, and what it must have taken for you to, to to summon whatever you had to summon to go back to, to Wheeler Avenue. You mentioned that there were there were mothers of these other uh, persons whose names we know who've been murdered. To your point, you're right. Too many murders since your son, Amadou Diallo, at the hands of cops. Um, there's George Floyd. There, there's Eric Garner. I mean, we can run the list all day long, sadly. But you mentioned Eric Garner. You mentioned Sean Bell and their mothers. I'm just curious, when the mothers of these slain black men and women get together, and all mm -hmm. the pain that each of you has individually, what, what do you say to each other? How, how do you console each other as mothers? Thank you, uh, Tavis. Uh, first of all, I present my condolences to both the King family and to Joe Madison family because yes. all of them have been in the Jello movement. Um, like you said, it's difficult. I understand some people may not be able to go, but you cannot... Um, you cannot, you, you wouldn't know how the person can react or however you feel every day is different. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. as mothers, we network, we call each other. We don't go just with the cameras. We talk to each other, we meet, and we, if one is down, the other one uplifts the other. Mm -hmm. Every day, we, talk, mm -hmm. we, text, we send text messages, we check on each other, and we really celebrate our children's uh, uh, life. Mm -hmm. We tell our, our children past stories, and we laugh, and we cry. This is how we survive. Mm -hmm. This is how we've been able to make it. And for me, like you said, it was difficult to go back at Willow Avenue. But then when I saw Sammy, one, one young man whose, whose brother was murdered in, in the same area, the Bronx, when I saw families that I knew coming into this grief, I just want to give them this energy. Mm. I wanted to make that 25 years with going back to the site. Because in the end, the legacy will live on because we're working through the Amadou Diallo Foundation. But this was a moment that I needed to be in history that we went back to the site. Mm -hmm. we, we traveled and went there and spiritually hold, held hand in hand with the families that have been victimized like us. Mm -hmm. That was a defining moment for me, yeah. even though it was difficult, but I was energized and, and uplifted by the presence of these mothers who were there with me, these families. And 93 years old, Reverend Dowtry oh, yes. came. He came and he spoke. Imam Talib, who was with Ken, he came. And that was 
And people who were not even born yet, they came because they want to learn the history. Yeah. It's, it's a legacy that Amadou left for us. We uphold it and we continue to work towards the Amadou Jallo Foundation. I have a program in Africa. This year, before I went back to, to mark the anniversary, I went back to Guinea to the village where my son was buried. Mm. I wanted to do it. So I went back and I prayed there with my relatives. Then I crossed back the ocean and came to New York to mark this occasion. Yeah, that's it's a, order of a century of history and a long list of victims no, after Amadou. You're right about that. Speaking speaking of victims, um, I'm watching my time. I got about five minutes left. I, I thank you so much for giving me this time, Ms. Diallo. I just got about five minutes left here. Um, when you look back on what happened 25 years ago, and uh, the murder of your son at the hand of these cops, these NYPD officers, as you well know, and I mentioned at the top, uh, they were they were acquitted. Eventually, there was a settlement that, for the family. So um, thank God that it was, a, in fact, a settlement. Of course, the settlement doesn't bring your son back. Um, but um, when you look back on the fact 25 years ago uh, that they were acquitted, h- how do you process that all these years later? And I ask that in part because while there's still too many deaths of everyday black men and women at the hands of cops. No question about that. You've made that point very clear. There have been a number of cases where we see cops being found guilty. Uh, we see cops being found guilty in the case of Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia. We saw them found guilty, of course, in the in the murder of George Floyd. There are others I, I could mention if I had the time. So things are not exactly what they were 25 years ago. Still too many killings. But you, the cops in your son's case were acquitted. How do you process that a quarter century later? Let me say, uh, thank God there has been accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a plus. But however, when Amadou was uh, uh, killed, it was pro-social media. We didn't have any, even the witnesses that testified at the trial were not uh, um, uh, able to, um, they they tried to discredit discredit the the witnesses. Mm -hmm. But, But more importantly, because my son's case gathered a huge movement. So the cops' defense uh, attorneys argued that the case is a high-profile case. And we were victimized twice because the change of venue, mm-hmm. the trial was moved from the Bronx to Albany. And that was a place where I was told no cop has ever been convicted on a shooting case in mm-hmm. Albany. Yeah. It was like moving the trial to a different country. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Fast forward now, we have social media. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Social media has played a major role. Yeah. If you remember the video of George Floyd, the video of Ahmaud Arbery, the video of, of course, Sandra Brown, we didn't have uh, any, uh, um, I don't, I forgot how the case uh, turned out to be, mm-hmm. but it was, it was, uh, it's, it raised the consciousness of humanity. When you saw these videos, you see what happened. You don't just, rely on what story the couple were telling you. Yes. Now you have the video. Yeah. So no. social media have played a part. No, I hear your point. It, it, it makes a difference. I, I, I hear you. I hear your point on that. Let me, let me, I got two minutes left. Let me give you the last two minutes to close as you, as you want. Um, and you said earlier that um, you're doing this work through the foundation, uh, the Amadou Diallo Foundation, because you want to make sure that we learn from history and that we never forget what happened 25 years ago. What is it that we can learn uh, sadly, from the murder of your son 25 years ago. Thank you, Tavis, for having me. I'm honored. The last word I'm going to say is that uh, 
Amadou was the catalyst of the movement. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to try to learn about Amadou through our website, amadoujalofoundation.org. Tavis, please list that up. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to, to say all the programs in detail, but we do have a school in Africa. We have programs there. And I also have a scholarship here. We have the forum that we do in criminal justice system. Please support the Amadou Yalo Foundation if you can. But also, if you need any program that you want us to partner to Africa, we welcome that as well. Website is there. So what we have to learn is the history of these young men that help to bring light about this issue that was happening prior to Amadou's case. That case helped to galvanize and crystallize the issue of police brutality. And I want people to never forget that. We will never forget it. Uh, So long as I have a media platform, um, we will never forget it. And I'm always honored when you accept my phone calls uh, to join me on television or radio um, for what I know must be difficult every time you think about it. Uh, But I'm grateful for the work and the witness that you've done since the passing, the tragic murder uh, of your son 25 years ago, and I'm always honored to be in dialogue with you. That foundation, by the way, is called uh, the Amadou Diallo Foundation.org. Uh, his name is spelled A-M-A-D-O-U-D-I-A-L-L-O, Amadou Diallo Foundation.org. is how you can get more information on what the foundation is doing and how you can support the work of the foundation. Ms. Diallo, thank you again for your time. My thoughts and prayers are always with you, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to our audience today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tavis. I'm honored. Blessings. Blessings to you. Good to have you on. Oh, Lord. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.